Hello, hello, and welcome to For the Love of Self podcast. I'm your host, Heather Graham Murphy, certified food and body coach and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. Thank you so much for being here today. I am really excited about today's topic. I mean, this is exactly what I teach, is healing your relationship with food and body. I think you're going to get a really new perspective on dieting, exercise, and how to stay healthy as a mom in this busy day and age. In a world of distractions, we can find that we are moving further away from our true selves. Our goal is to teach and normalize self-love not only in the mind, but in the body and the soul, so that you can fall deeply in love with yourself and create a life of your dreams. I'm your host, Heather Graham Murphy, certified food and body coach and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. And you're listening to For the Love of Self podcast. So I don't know, you know, there's an age range of my audience and, you know, there can be such a difference in so many things we have been exposed to in terms of being women, in terms of what we've been told about our bodies and what's right and what's wrong. And yeah, we are constantly inundated with a variety of messages and I definitely want to recognize that, well, I'll get into stories about our bodies, but just that we are all individuals having individual experiences with the body and we are having individual perceptions about the messages about bodies. And so we are all on this journey in our bodies that we are experiencing on this planet earth. And I think that a big part of my work is to help people to feel so embodied and safe in their body so that they can be the fullest expression of themselves. You know, I'll just briefly touch on my own personal experience and maybe some of you can relate and maybe you, some of you don't, but I do just want to add that I would love to hear whatever stories you would like to share. You can reach out to me on Instagram at for the love of dot self. And I would love to just hear what you want to share and hold space for you around what you have been told. I started suffering from anxiety and depression around the age of nine. I'm going to apologize because my dog is walking around, but I started suffering from anxiety and depression around age nine. And I also think that this is where I It's where I started to internalize the messages from my culture about bodies from, and when I say my culture, I just mean I'm being a white American girl. Um, So, I mean, having been a child of the 90s, at that time, it would have been, you know, very, having bodies that were very skin and skin, (laughs) bodies that were, well, we called it heroin chic. And it was really about um, purging and, um, yeah, just being very frail and being skinny, very, very skinny. And um, and there's nothing wrong with those bodies, as I think everyone has a different genetic makeup and all bodies are good bodies. I just want to clarify that. 
but I just think it's interesting how the um, desirable body has often changed throughout the millennia. So that's something to keep in mind. But anyway, um, so at an early age, I was, you know, not feeling very good in my body because as we are beginning to really understand that mental illness is more than just a brain issue. It's, it's a whole body. It's a whole body experience. And of course, I wish I would have known this much earlier in my life, but I was also really starting to struggle with feeling okay in my body. And, and there's much, there's so much more to this than just what I'm talking about. There's some trauma there and, um, some history there that I'm not quite ready to divulge at this time. But yeah, anyway, I feel like at an early age, I really just started to care a lot about, you know, what shape my body was and how skinny I was. And it's just so weird to look back at pictures of my younger self because I'm like, I was a little girl, you know, I didn't have, I didn't necessarily have any weight issues or health issues at the time, but I was definitely reading self magazine and women's health and whatever other kind of fitness magazine was out there. And me and my two best friends were always reading these and doing the latest workout and trying to eat the healthiest and really just highly concerned about um, conforming into the ideal body at that time. And so I think this is a story that many can relate to in one sense or another that as young women at some point or another, we took notice of our body and we took notice of our bodies in the culture that we live in and compared it to that, to what the standard was and began trying to conform to what the desirable aesthetic was. Anyway, life goes on and I, you know, grow up and become an adult and struggled continuously with anxiety and depression and you know throughout my 20s I was drinking pretty heavily at nighttime after work I would even drink in the morning before work and I was also working out like crazy and dieting and I was always on some sort of diet so I was in this very toxic cycle of you know toxifying my body and then trying to detox my body and I was exhausted and I hated my body and I really kind of, I hated myself and it's just really sad to look back on and I just love on her. You know, I obviously do a lot of inner child work as much as I can and just try to really, even though I feel sad for that version of myself, I really try to just love her and give her what she needs. So long story short, I think that to one degree or another, so many of us can relate to some sort of body issue. And and now ultimately, after having tried so many different workout plans and trying so many different diets, I feel like I look back and I think, God, it was never enough. It was always just like 10 more pounds or if I could just gain a little bit more muscle. And, and at the same time, I was, you know, just destroying my body and using drugs and alcohol to numb the emotional pain, the trauma that was living inside of my body as well. I really have lived in a state of disassociation for a long time, or I did, I mean, and 
I mean, now I have done so much of this embodiment work, which I'll talk about in just a moment here, but I've done so much embodiment work that I feel really alive in my body and I feel really okay with where I'm at. Not just okay, I feel really in love with this body that I live in and I really appreciate it and I love taking care of it. And I love taking care of it in a way that feels sustainable and good for me and not just in this way that deprives me and which I'm talking about, you know, yo-yo dieting and depriving of the body and and doesn't exert me beyond my energy levels. So over-exercising. So ultimately I am standing as someone that is anti-diet and that is someone that um, really believes in maintaining sustainable health and wellness practices. And my approach in my coaching work is really about going inside and going down to the bottom so that we can get to the core of any internal issues that are causing someone to either undereat or overeat or overexercise or underexercise. It's this fine line of being able to push against your edge and bring yourself into a state of wellness, but also not overdoing it to the point where you're overexerting yourself and leading yourself to potential failure. I feel like when we heal our relationship with food and our body, it feels free. It feels liberating and sovereign. You know, I think oftentimes we get so caught up in the trend and and I'm not talking about people that are struggling with different health issues like Crohn's disease and, you know, maybe someone that even has cancer or whatever sort of thing that someone might be dealing with. Um, I think that being on a certain protocol can be extremely helpful to one's health, um, eliminating things that could uh, inflame or exacerbate any sort of health issue that you're dealing with. It's really important to um, facilitate that with a nutritionist or your doctor to help you get well. And part of that too is uh, developing this strong sense of intuition with your body so that you can really feel, what does this feel like when I eat this? What does this feel like when I go exercise or do this thing and just being so deeply connected that you know what's best it's not about okay I have to do this and I have to check it off and get through it so that I can you know get this type of body or get this you know strength or muscle the goal is to have sustainable wellness sustainable health and that's from the bottom up it's not about okay, I'm just going to use my mind to grind through this. This is about something so much deeper within ourselves to be a whole and integrated person where your soul is connected to your body and your external experience. I think that a big reason that we really have to do this as mothers is that for one thing, I think it's really difficult to maintain any sort of radical diet or exercise program as a mom. I don't think that we have the energy or the time for it and that we often struggle to maintain it. And if we do, we're frazzled and worn out and starving. 
And that has been my personal experience with it, at least. And I think also we want to really teach our children, both young, or both uh, boys and girls, and teach them to love their body and meet their body where they're at, where their bodies are at, and know that it's safe and okay to have the body that they have. I think it's important to model that we eat in a way that feels good for our bodies to have body positivity. So I think it's really important that we model these behaviors as mothers to our children that way that they can see what it's like to live a life of with health and wellness in a way that's sustainable and realistic and maintainable. I mean, I said sustainable already, but yeah, because the fact is, is that we're all busy, we're all working, and sometimes when we go on these yo-yo diets, it's not fun for anyone else in the family because maybe you're not feeling that well and maybe it doesn't work for your body type. And so through the work that I do, it's really about tuning so deeply that you know exactly what you need. And that's going to change, especially as a woman, your, your cycle and everything, if you're still menstruating, that is a huge factor in terms of like, what you might want to eat from day to day, how you might might want to exercise from day to day. So I think the practice is really to tune into the body on a daily and, and by a, a moment to moment basis, because we are constantly changing. It's good to show our children that it's safe for them to listen to their truth and what their needs are. I am briefly interrupting this episode. If you are ready to begin your self-love journey, I want to invite you to sign up for my free six-day mini email course called Authentically You. In the mini course, you will be provided with meditations, daily lessons, journal prompts, as well as a bonus day for a total life assessment and access to the growing community of mothers and women who are on their self-love journey. In just 15 minutes a day, you can be on your way to a deeper sense of self-love. Go ahead and sign up using the link in the show notes down below to begin your journey of becoming the fullest, most authentic expression of yourself. Okay, now back to the episode. So when we want to begin this process of healing our relationship with food and the body, we of course really start with our body. And the biggest thing that I'm always preaching on, my biggest pillar is about safety in the body. It's the first thing I learned in this process and it's the thing that has stayed with me every day that I practice. And This idea of safety in the body is about developing enough visceral intelligence to know what sensations that you're experiencing and observing them without judgment. You know, so many of us grow up with a variety of situations, and even if we grew up in the best case scenario, we all have different emotional wounding. And when we have these experiences that create an emotional wound, there is a rupture that happens. And so sometimes when a situation happens as an adult, we, you know, often use the word triggered, but when this rupture gets activated, we can go into a a trigger and, and our 
and our children can come online and we have a a variety of uh, versions of us. You know, we have our five-year-old and our 10-year-old and our 15-year-old and so on and so on. And these different parts of us come online and can be activated and we might feel like it's really difficult to deal with the stress of that. So we might go and we might overeat or we might undereat. Um, we also might overexercise or underexercise. We all have a variety of ways of dealing with, with this. Um, that includes drinking. Like I mentioned earlier, for myself, I was drinking every single day. And um, it might be drugs. It might be also scrolling on your phone for hours. It's essentially disassociating from the body so that you don't have to experience the emotional pain of that rupture. And so what we have to do is we have to start practicing enough visceral intelligence to allow ourselves to actually notice what's happening in these situations, to stop ourselves before we go for the snacks, the chips, whatever, or in, on the opposite side of that is, is to um, deprive, the, deprive the body. The way that we actually make it so we can tolerate this is through establishing safety in the body. When we start practicing visceral intelligence, it may be extremely difficult to actually feel what you're feeling. And you might have heard the term uh, or the phrase, you have to feel to heal. And a lot of the times when we start, it, it doesn't, it's, it's intolerable to actually be with yourself when you're experiencing the rupture or the wound. I know that when I first learned this technique, we um, dropped into the body and I could only establish safety in my toes. And some days that's still the case. As I have gone on to practice visceral intelligence and establishing safety in the body, my expansion and ability to withstand emotional pain has expanded so much. So now I can actually address the parts of myself that I've been avoiding for years. And with that, over time, I've just noticed things where, like I used to really get crazy sweet tooth cravings after dinner. And over time, those have just sort of drifted away. I genuinely just don't really have those cravings, which is really interesting because there's this other part of me where I can notice there's like a habit loop that pops up and it's like my brain wants to be like, okay, it's time for dessert or whatever. And then I check in with my body and my body's like, no, we're, we're good. We're safe. It's all good. We don't need that. And it's not to say that I am depriving myself. I just genuinely check in and I'm like, no, I I don't really have the craving in my body. And just my brain was on the habit loop of doing that for so long. And this goes the same for doing physical exercise or some sort of movement. I usually like to to use the word movement because um, sometimes I literally might just do an embodiment practice, some embodiment movement and just a, a body flow to get my body move, moving around, get it warmed up, really start to feel into what it actually needs before I decide, oh, am I going to do yoga, or do I need to walk, or do I need to lift weights? And like I was mentioning with women, you know, every day that's going to be so different. 
So yeah, just really making sure that you establish a sense of safety and practicing your visceral intelligence. Now, the second thing to really dive into is related to what I mentioned about these parts, these aspects of ourselves. And um, these aspects of ourselves get developed as the as we go through life, we have these experiences and we create meaning and stories around them and we create meanings we create meaning and stories about ourselves. And so it's really important that we go in and develop a relationship with these aspects of ourselves so that we can understand the stories that have been created. And that's not to say that there isn't some sort of objective real experience through those um through the the lens that we have lived, but that we can begin practicing cutting cords with different stories that have been passed on from generations down the line about what bodies mean and what bodies should be. We can do reparenting work on these different parts that have been wounded by things that have been placed upon us and said to us. And I think most of all, it's really important to reestablish a new story about your body. I mean, when we think about it, all bodies are good bodies, right? You're a human being getting to have this earthly experience. That's pretty special when you think about it, no matter what is going on with your body. There are so many incredible stories of um, people who have a a wide range of abilities and disabilities doing incredible things with their bodies. So I think that, you know, just the mere fact that you get to walk around on two legs and you could climb a mountain or um whatever you know it's it's pretty fun to be in a body when you think about it and I know that it isn't always fun I know that people live with pain physical and emotional pain and the goal here in doing this work that is all about working backwards from the bottom to the top, you know, from the inside to the outside. I'm sorry, I have really bad mom brain right now because it's early. Um, But basically, I just want to say that, you know, recreating a story, a narrative, a hair, like a hair, (laughs) a heroine's story, not heroine, but, you know, a hero that is a female, Um, you know, creating this story, the hero's journey story of your body for you to recognize how amazing your body is and meeting your body where it's at right now, appreciating, even though there may be parts of it that you are not enjoying, uh, whether it's, whether it's dealing with physical or emotional pain or dealing with weight loss issues, um, building muscle, gaining weight, whatever it is about your body just really learning to meet it where it's at and loving it and appreciating it in this moment and knowing that you are going to nurture and nourish your body every day in every way that you can. And this is a beautiful relationship that you get to have. By the way, that I just also want to add that in terms of weight gain, I, and stories and, you know, narratives that we have, one thing that really helped me in terms of weight gain has been to say that I not, you know, to stop saying I am fat, but to recognize that you have, you know, I have fat, I have body fat. 
And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Really, when you think about this, the idea that we have fat has been so stigmatized and there are plenty of people that have body fat that are really strong and do amazing things with their bodies. And so it's really, again, just diving deep into these stories and these narratives and recognizing whether they belong to you or not. You know, I think that it's really about you feeling good in your body. So when we actually just close our eyes and just imagine like closing your eyes and being in the dark and connecting with your body. Like maybe tonight when it's late and you're getting ready for bed, just sit with your body in the dark for a little bit. And, you know, think about the people that maybe don't have mirrors. I don't know. I know there's like the Amish people or something. I don't think they have mirrors. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Somebody could correct me out there, but yeah, just thinking about what that would be like to not even ever actually see what you look like. Think about that. Think about like, like if you go camping or something, you don't really think about what you look like that much. You just try to feel your best. You're out in the sun and hiking around or whatever. And that our sense of reality changes when we think about our bodies differently, when we experience our bodies so differently. And the last little tip that I want to give is if you want to start this journey of feeling really good in your body and letting go of the stories and just even establishing some healthy habits, I really I really like to work with clients on maintaining reasonable and sustainable habits. I really love the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of the things that really sticks out in my mind is just this idea of making it easy, right? And I really like using a variety of tools that he introduces, but my biggest thing is this idea that is just like micro changes. You know, I try to do right now, at least at the time of this recording, I'm doing yoga for 10 minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two times a week. So yeah, 10 minutes, two times a week. And I usually go on a walk every other day with my dog and my kiddo. Um, I would do it every day, but time doesn't always allow. And so I understand, you know, I'm, I'm not currently, uh, I'm on leave from work right now just due to summer daycare issues. But, um, you know, I'm a working mom too. And I know how hard it can be when you're at work all day. Um, but even if you're not working, I can remember when I was solely a stay at home mom, I would still be like, Oh my gosh, I forgot to work out or I didn't work out or I need to get on a workout schedule, you know, making it easy when you start, um, even just simple, like healthy habits, like okay, for the next three months, all I'm going to focus on is making sure that I have um, mostly greens on my plate at dinner every night. You know, it's just, it's easy and it can make huge changes. I actually lost 10 pounds um, in a relatively short period of time. Um, I would say over a month, maybe two. I really am not a big uh, tracker. I know tracking can be really important, but you know, so much of my work is really based on um, healing the relationship with food and body. So feeling good about it and really leaning into your intuition. 
I do weigh myself every once in a while, but I did not weigh myself for a long time because it was not a healthy thing for me to do. Um, it sent me spiraling and it got me thinking about yo-yo dieting again. So I took a long break from weighing myself and that was really challenging for me. And so one of the micro habits that really helped me on the journey of losing 10 pounds was that I actually started standing at work. You know, before that, at home, I was I was in school. I was finishing my degree when I was also a stay-at-home mom. And I was sitting a lot of the day because um, I had my daughter in childcare. So I had the day to myself to work on schoolwork. And I was sitting a lot. And once I went back to work, I decided to opt for the standing desk, even though the first two weeks were not pleasant. I definitely did not feel comfortable in my body. And so it's this fine line of like, I don't want to make, I don't think that things should be easy. It's just like, it's being in that flow state, right? Where to, in order to excel at something, you do have to push against your edge, but not to the point where you are out of alignment with your authentic needs. So it's crazy just thinking about how something so simple is standing at work all day made such a huge difference. I think the other thing that might have made a difference too was that I started making extra food at dinner and bringing leftovers. And I'd say I typically make pretty healthy meals. I usually just try to do like a meat portion and a greens portion and then like I might do a grain or quinoa. And so, I mean, overall in general, I really try to just eat real food. Um but I definitely eat packaged stuff. I mean, I had taquitos for dinner last night, but I didn't eat like, I didn't overeat taquitos. I had enough. And then if I eat something like that, I still always try to make sure there's salad. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter what I eat. It's really important for you to establish what feels right for your body. And I think the reality is, is that when people do start to eat real whole foods, that they do feel better and more energized and they feel good in their bodies, even if they haven't lost the weight or their body hasn't changed, but that they just feel better. And so again, the idea here is just to really establish sustainable habits. You know, I think even just that concept of make your bed every morning, you know, it takes two minutes to make your bed and it can change how you feel about your life and your day. It's just so minor. So I really like to hone that in for people who want to start making changes and this is such a great and sustainable way to do that. I hope that you have found these tips to be helpful and I would love to hear what your body story is so don't be shy come on over and say hi on Instagram that's where I like to hang out the most right now it's at for the love of dot self come over and say hi and let me know how you feeling about your body if you think there is someone out there that would enjoy this topic please send it their way. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you have a moment, I would love to invite you to leave a rate and review of the podcast as it really does help send it to the top of the recommendation list. That way we can get the message of self-love and being your most authentic self out to more mothers and grow this community even more. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll catch you in the next one. Hey, just one more thing before you go. 
Are you looking for a group of women and mothers who are working towards transforming their lives through the power of deep self-love? Well, then I want to give you an invitation to join For the Love of Self community. It's a growing group of women who are looking for a source, a refuge to be seen and heard, and to continue their growth in areas around wellness, embodiment, and personal development. This is a community where we can support one another, build friendships, strength, and give love to one another. In the community, you can expect other women and mothers asking for support and giving support. You can also expect live meditations and breath work, and maybe even some hypnosis. Go ahead and find the link to join the community down in the show notes. We're on Facebook. It's called For the Love of Self Community. And I'm really looking forward to meeting you when you come in there.